What's going on, Spitfires? Welcome back to another episode of the Spitfire Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lemonian, and you are seeing another Lauren. That's right. For the first time ever, I am allowing another Lauren on to the Spitfire Podcast. I don't know. Maybe it's spring, I, spring fever. I'm like opening up in new ways. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Well, hello, Lauren. <laughs> hello. Well, which which Lauren are, are do I hear from afar? <laughs> it's Lauren Chipman. <laughs> what? Yes. Well, at least we didn't uh, have the same initial in the last this name. Very true. That would just be Absolutely. mind blowing. But thanks so much for joining me today. And thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So before we uh, we hit the record button, we were uh, kind of pontificating, ranting a little bit about uh, the lack of innovation and new ideas in the uh, design space, the hybrid space, this kind of like return to work. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing out there? You know, it's really interesting because obviously uh, like a lot of companies, we, we, you know, had to downsize during the pandemic and, and, either furlough or release some team members. And it was really just probably one of the worst times of my life. And, and, you know, we were in survival mode and, and making decisions for the future health of the firm. And so, um, you know, we have a, a architecture firm based out of Chicago, uh, Chipman Design Architecture about, we're at almost at 130 people again and work nationally with clients. And so not only having a headquarters here in Chicago, but having small regional offices. And when we started discussing return to work, um, it was one of those things like that, even just those words were very triggering for people because what they saw was going back to how things were before. And clearly remote was working to a certain degree. And so you can't take that away. So it's really like, how do we redefine what the office is, what the physical environment is and make it less of a destination and more of a goal space. And, and so we, we internally ran a lot of uh, think tank sessions, a lot of internal anonymous surveys. So people felt like they could make themselves heard. And, and finally, you know, I think we decided on what a lot of people have been doing, which is two to three days a week in the office, figure out what days work for you. And one of the biggest things is how do we make sure that it just doesn't feel like something that you're checking off on a list? Like, well, I came in today and, and more that it's a purpose-driven place. And, you know, I've been reading, I'm sure, like we said, we, I'm sure we've been reading all the same articles about how do we, you know, create a more engaging environment? How do we bring people back? And it's not by like, placating with food or, or fun stuff. I mean, I'll, as much as everyone loves free food and booze, trust me, you know, that, that can only go so far though. And, and so, you know, we've really been putting it more on our individual teams to define what this starts to look like and how they can define and grow their culture. And I think Lauren, one of the, one of my greatest fears is we have a lot of really young team members that are straight out of college mm-hmm. and I think that they are getting kind of a disservice in the field that their professional development is not supported because they're sitting at home in front of a computer 40 hours a week. And without that kind of osmosis learning that happens in those in-between moments in the physical environment where you're learning from your superior, just by overhearing 
how they're talking to the client, how they're talking to the general contractor. Like, I think that it'll be fine for a couple of years, but we're really going to start to see some, some uh, talent challenges as, as these people progress. Yeah. So I'm hearing like, there's, there's the lack of socialization from Mm -hmm. the connection standpoint, but also this, this shadowing that I think we all kind of took for granted of like, what, how do you kind of watch people from afar and their behaviors Mm -hmm. and what works and what doesn't work? And how do you kind of become the fly on the wall in meetings um, that you're not going to get on zoom? Even if you're watching, like everyone is in their box and they're able to watch their own expression. So they're not really picking up on the bigger picture. Exactly. And, and that's even, you know, it's so funny. We had this whole discussion um, probably less than a year before the pandemic and, and we were starting over with our phone system and we're like, well, we cannot get rid of physical phones at everyone's desk. Cause how would we ever <laughs> contact one another? Um, but, you know, I, I will say to a certain degree, there's a certain truth that goes along with that, where when you, you know, you're on the phone with a client you put it on speakerphone real quick because you're like, the person next to me needs to hear this. They need to hear this challenge. They need to hear how we're addressing the solution. And it's those kinds of magical moments that, that we are really missing out right now. And it's like, I don't want people sitting at their desks in the office because I'm paying rent. Like that's not the reason why there's a bigger reason. And, and so um, I think allowing people to come to this realization themselves is really how we're going to find the most success. And at the end of the day, it's really just going to be time. Yeah. Well, I love this theme of magical moments, like, but how do we get more intentional and deliberate about being proactive and planning Mm -hmm. for it, anticipating it, and then acknowledging it as being a part of the special sauce or the secret formula? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's a certain amount of of, I, I think the challenge comes through when everything is so scheduled in our lives right now. And I mean, have you, I've never been on so many friggin' meetings in my entire life. And I'm like, didn't, we used to not have meetings sometimes, right? And we actually had to institute on Wednesdays, two to 5 PM, like no internal meetings scheduled. And, and so so it's, it's fine when we have these scheduled, but it's, it does come down to those unscheduled happenstance um, times. And so, so yeah, is it a matter of like that you just have to have someone on speed dial because you can't turn around and, and kind of tap them on the shoulder? Yeah. I want to go back to something you said, because it was, it was bringing something up for me um, in focusing on the teams and having mm-hmm. it kind of being team driven. Um, I've, I've been really focusing a lot of attention on these ecosystems and you were Mm -hmm. kind of giving a lot of biology, like environment and, you know, what's the oxygen, what's the fuel and what's the kind of the barrier, um, of, of what we allow in, what we don't allow to escape. Like, so what is, what is it that we kind of hold true to the group? What is most important to us to feel energized, to rest, to recover, to grow, to root in and to expand, um, I'm going to get a little woo-woo on it, but I think that, that, you know, I think that was missed before mm-hmm. the pandemic and, and yeah. that interconnectedness of like, who do I go to for what yes. and how do we create those bubbles of trust and safety mm-hmm. first and foremost in the inner circle? And then how do we start to link the really healthy ecosystems together and surround the ones that need more support? 
Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we are, we are broken down into much smaller teams out of our, our 130 people. And, and, and I think to your point, um, there is that kind of bonding that needs to happen within the team, that understanding of where people's strengths are, where their challenges are, where they need more help in developing. Um, something that uh, one of my amazing uh, team members, Nellie Augustine, has been doing is especially for our new team members who, who aren't in the office day in, day out, and some of which might be remote, she's actually been setting up like get to know you lunches. And so, so we try to do them in person as much as possible. And it'll just be with, you know, one of our team members that's on another team that you would not necessarily have the opportunity to meet. But once again, it's always takes planning. And then that's another scheduled meeting. And, and so it's, it's finding that balance, I think, of, of that intentionality and, and, and getting everyone's buy-in into some of that in-person collaboration. Yeah. So what are you seeing with your clients and what they're asking for? (laughs) Um, Schedules are crazy right now. And it's like the development flood gates have opened, which is fantastic. And I always think like, had I known how how much we would have uh, been successful through the pandemic and how resilient we have been, you know, I probably would have had a lot less sleepless nights through it all, but, um, you know, pipelines are open. And, and I think one of the, the biggest challenges is, um, schedules are, are very fast. And, and then on top of that, because now everyone is, you know, has a taste of remote work, there's no separation. And, Mm -hmm. and so, you have that flexibility of your desk is at home and it's nine o'clock and I'll just answer a couple of those emails. And then, and then you get a response back. And then, and then it starts like, I feel like it sets off like wildfire. When one person sends a late email, then the the person on the receiving end is like, well, I should respond right away. And it's these really tight response times that I just feel like it's a, a perpetuating cycle. That's just not healthy. I, I don't, you know, I was going to say, I don't know what you think about that. It's, and, oh, and I I've even, <laughs> <laughs> but I've even talked to my COO and I'm like, do we like shut everyone's email down? But no, you can't do that because there's some people who are picking their kids up at three o'clock and that's when they get the rest of their work done at the, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's this real double-edged sword of flexibility that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. Well, you know, in France, it's actually illegal to respond to emails outside of certain hours. Oh my gosh. So I mean, there, I mean, there's pros and cons to it all, but so what I think is missing is that very context that you just said, here's Mm -hmm. what my working schedule is. So I actually coach for and have coached for a completely global and asynchronous team of about Mm -hmm. 2000 employees all around the world. They have teams working Mm -hmm. on multiple time zones, uh, like everywhere. And so they have run into the same thing of you get, you get that ping. It's, it's actually like a hormonal switch of like, Ooh, yeah. someone's looking for me. Ooh, I can be helpful. But what we're missing is you are agreeing to work from this time to this time. We have a shared agreement. What we do not have is a shared agreement that it takes over your life. Yeah. And I think once we violate that, 
we have a broken agreement and we need to go back to it. Mm -hmm. And so it's being very clear that this is how we work. And this is why we work this way, because this is what we value as an organization. Because if you start to allow it, it's a slippery slope and it really will burn people out and it destroys trust in the culture. Yeah. Absolutely. Because then people have the comparison. Well, well, this person's responding at nine, so I have to do it. And then what does it mean for me if I'm asleep at nine o'clock? I'm not a good employee. I I think, you know, it's such an interesting point you bring up about, you know, we talk a lot about our values and our mission and we're a family owned firm and, and it's something that is really core to our success, but we don't use that term of agreements. And I think that's an interesting one because it's, it, it's an allowing kind of, of piece of the puzzle, right? Where, where, you know, you're not going to be judged negatively on, on one of those things because we have all the same understanding. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're not maintaining those agreements and coming back mm-hmm. to them, then you might as well not have them at all. Yeah. And I think that this is where the storytelling comes in and assumption comes in because people aren't basing things on fact anymore. Mm-hmm. And it does start at the top. Mm-hmm. So if you're responding to things late night, what message is it sending to your team? And I've been working on this. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry for calling you out in a public forum, but <laughs> like I, I have worked with a number of CEOs, like you need to go fix my team. They keep doing this and they're getting tired and they have no motivation. I'm like, and what are you doing? Yeah. Well, I'm different. You know, no, you are not special. You are the, you are the problem. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you are also the true. solution. Yeah. It starts yeah, with absolutely. you. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. All of the stuff we're talking about. So at the end of the month, I'm laughing to myself because I'm actually building up the slide deck. I'm doing uh-huh. two sessions, one on time management, maximizing your time and one on building trust in remote and hybrid teams. So I'm like having a little internal chuckle of like, oh yes, those are all the things we're going to Where accomplish. <laughs> All right. We're on the right track here. Yeah. But this is the thing, like you can know your mission, your values, your vision, your purpose, but think Mm -hmm. about what are the commonplace behaviors and activities that are going on that are actually challenging and destroying it on an everyday basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're usually the most minor that have the most impact because everyone's like, oh, they're so benign. They don't matter. But then they build Mm -hmm. up and then, and then they're broken. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What are you going to do differently? <laughs> um, well, I think number one, and I have, I have really been making an effort on this is not, not, you know, and I, 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 yes, I do every once in a while, wake up at 3am and I will read those emails and then I'll respond. And then I think like, it's not like responding at 9am, 9pm. You're responding in the middle of the night, which, which is sending a bizarre message at best. And, and so really being mindful of not even checking the email that late. And I think that's something that, that we can do is, is, is make that delineation between work and home, regardless of where you are, but just shutting it down and not responding. And, and, and something we talk about a lot also is like setting yourself up for success the next day. And making that checklist at the end of the day, that really feels like a little bit of a bookmark for the week. Yeah. So what happens when you notice a challenge in your values and behaviors in others? Mm-hmm. What do you say is the leader? 
well, then it needs to be, this is something that I'm working on and I'd really like everyone to try it with me. Let's, let's give it a try and see how this goes together. Cause I think, you know, you make a good point that it's, it's acknowledging that it's something that you're working on as well. Right. It's, it's that not that I'm infallible by any stretch of the imagination. It's, it's let's go on this experiment together and see how we can all really find some meaning there. Yeah. Do you remember what uh, psychological safety is? Yes, but maybe you should remind me. I will remind you. It is an environment (laughs) of shared vulnerability, shared Mm -hmm. and rewarded vulnerability. So in sharing this piece of you that I'm working on this and in progress, I invite you into the shared experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people are really afraid of, of what does it say about me if I'm a leader that doesn't have it all together or I'm not perfect or I don't have the answers. Yeah. So what do you do when you don't have the answers? I typically... I will go to certain members of my leadership team. Um, I have a very diverse C-suite and I think, you know, I, I, there's, there's typically certain people I can go to for certain things, but then I feel maybe that's where I do get a little bit stuck because it's a very um, internal group and we are all pretty aligned on everything. And, and I think that's one of the challenges is finding maybe that outside perspective that that can really um, challenge your mindset and, and how you would typically look for a solution. Okay. So if you had the ideal outside perspective that you could tap and say, Hey, we need you, we need your brain in here. Uh-huh. What would that, what would that look like or sound like? I don't really know. I think the number one thing is, is, that we would have to let go of being like, well, that's not typically how we do it because I feel like that response would be like the first thing. Okay. So it sounds like some disruption might be needed. (laughs) You know, you got my interest now. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I actually just had, um, I had an interview with another uh, class from from Catapult Mm -hmm. and we were talking about kind of this hunger games mindset that we get locked into in survival mode. And Mm -hmm. so how do we then open up to a different mindset when we're not in survival mode? Sure. And I think we get, we get very complacent in surviving and this is how we do it. And we're really efficient and we're really good, but it's now where do we want to go and how do we need to think and behave differently? What do we need to shift in order to get there? Mm -hmm. Because we got here thinking and doing exactly what we've been doing. Yeah. And if the goal yeah. is to maintain, keep doing what you're doing. But if you have yeah. a different vision, then that that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is what, what do you think you're afraid of or, or other members of your C-suite are afraid of? I think that it's, it's inter- that's an interesting question. I think that it's, it's twofold. It's, it's, um, I think one of the biggest challenges in today's landscape is, and I, I touched on it a little bit earlier, is like, 
how fast we have to move. And I think one of, to that end, I think one of the biggest challenges or fears is like, how do you, how do you make change without slowing down? And is it possible? And is it healthy? Huh. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things is, is making change whilst continuing to gain momentum. Okay. So what does momentous change look like? In terms of, in terms of Chipman, I think that it's can like continuing to invest in our team members. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I think something in the industry that really sets us apart is we don't hire people for a job, for a role, for a project. Like we hire people because we believe in them and we want to grow with them. And, and, you know, we have tenured people here who've been here for 10, 20 years, and that's the norm. And, and so I think that it's, it's kind of marrying that, I don't want to say old school, also that, that foundational um, commitment to our team members with understanding that team members aren't going to stay here forever all the time. Like people change jobs and that's okay. But also like then how do we continue to mold in a way that is um, really sustainable mm. and, and that we're able to continue to grow our teams from inside. Gotcha. So I'm hearing there's kind of this very like rock solid core. It's who you are. It's who you've always been. Don't want to change that. Like that is the yeah. essence of Chipman. And mm-hmm. then it sounds like there's kind of these spokes that can go up or down based on the need and and the changes in the market mm-hmm. and the skill sets and and where the development needs to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's, so then it's a question of like, how, cause there's a lot of, a lot of spokes on that wheel. Right. And how do you address or prioritize where your focus needs to be at any single time? Okay. And, so, yeah. so when I, I'm going to stop you for a second, because this is always sure. the telltale sign for me, whenever people give me a, how they're mm-hmm. starting from the wrong end. Mm-hmm. They're looking at how do I accomplish this versus what is most important for who, mm-hmm. when, and why. Mm-hmm. So you know what's most important. Mm-hmm. You got these core values. Yeah. So then how do you stack it up and quantify the priority based on those? That's interesting. You're just looking at it from the end point. You're like, how do I get here? Well, I don't know. Cause you haven't started here where you know, all the information. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what does it look like 30 and 60 days out? What does it look like in three years? What does it look like in 10 years and play with those visions? What mm-hmm. changes? What remains the same? Yeah. Absolutely. What's unknown? What's unclear? The reality is things have always been uncertain and unknown. We've just kind of tricked ourselves into thinking we had it all figured out, but it's all hindsight. But you have a lot of certainty in knowing your vision, your values, your mission. Mm -hmm. And as long as you check back on that as the core center, 
you can go and experiment and iterate and explain away and do whatever. You can act rapidly or slowly. It's up to you. But it's coming back to how does this honor these values? How does this move us forward in the direction we want to go? Mm-hmm. Not how do we get there? Yeah. That will that will become super clear when you have clarity. Mm-hmm. Super frustrating though, because you're like, I want to know how to do it. <laughs> it's just it takes time. It yep. takes time. And, and to your point before, like it, it's yes, of course it starts at the top, but like you need everyone's buy-in yep. to it. Absolutely. I'm saying more of consistency and behavior. Yeah. Behavior shifts, but absolutely. Everybody needs to be on board, aligning, coming together, offering opinions and, and uh, shifts and all that stuff. So yeah, absolutely. It's not a top down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Just saying like you too, you as well are part of this. You are not special. I'm so sorry. You don't get an exemption. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So what is next for you and your team? Um, I think, you know, one, one of the big things that we're looking at is, is now that we do have so many remote team members, what is a cadence? to be meeting in person throughout the country. What does that start to look like? Um, because it's so, you know, we've, we've obviously put value on people being here in the headquarters in Chicago, but then you're leaving out a swath of the population. And so really setting, just setting regular cadences to really, to build that, that trust and that community. Um, additionally, um, continuing to define what does our onboarding look like in this hybrid or remote environment? And that's a big one is you cannot take for granted that you're going to have that team member right next to you and checking in with them. And, and, and so continuing to refine that process. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned onboarding because I think that people have been hiring like crazy and skipping over really essential elements of culture building and maintenance elements. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I like, I like that you said it's not only culture building, it's maintenance. Cause there's plenty of people who believe in what we do and are committed to it, but it does take, it takes time. It's a, it's a relationship, right. That you need to maintain and foster and continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, anytime there's change in the ecosystem, there needs to be that reevaluation of those four stages of psychological safety. Like just because you had a psychologically safe culture beforehand, one person or one incident can completely throw it on its head. And so it's a con it is a constant maintenance and examination and assessment and check-ins and everything else. So yeah, it's, it's a full-time job. (laughs) It is, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's why I have job security, you know? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. Like people always need psychological safety and people always need spaces. So we're good, right? There you go. Exactly. (laughs) So if you had to uh, give a nugget of wisdom to a, a leader out there, someone that's, that's looking for, you know, how do I manage this hybrid team or how do I figure out this remote setup? What, what would you pass on? I don't, I don't want to use the word fallen back on, but, but I'm, I'm a very, um, communicative person and I love to connect with people. And I think it's, it comes from my background in the arts and, and, and it's just, it's kind of my way of living. 
And, and one of the biggest things is that I take time out of my day every single day to check in with a different team member and whether they're in Chicago, whether they're remote and I, I go through the alphabet and we're, we're getting bigger. So now it's two people a day because <laughs> we got to keep getting through that. But I think that's the biggest one is, is that connection, no matter if you're a new team member straight out of school, or if you've been at the company for 25 years, like, I feel like that time is invaluable and, and whether people like, we just want to talk about the garbage TV that we've been binging, or if they want to talk about their professional development, just that they have that time that they can really make it theirs and, and just making myself available for that. I feel like that's something that's been, that I started during the pandemic. We are all remote and I will continue to do till the end of my days. Cause I feel like it's, it's important because these are people at the end of the day and, and it's our team members that are making us successful. That's amazing. That is a great tip. And I'm like, if I had a huge team, I would be doing it too. But I talk to my, <laughs> my team all the time. And they're probably sick of me. <laughs> well, Lauren, thank you so much for bringing your energy and your oh. openness to the, to the show. I'm super appreciative. And I know that our listeners are too. And if anybody wants to check you out, check your company out, where should they go? Absolutely. You can go to chipman-design.com. And, uh, and we just love creating beautiful, beautiful physical environments. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Awesome. And thanks so much. Lauren. Keep being awesome.